This is John Bernadovich. Thank you for checking out the HR Like a Boss podcast. If it resonates with you, please consider leaving a rating and review, and better yet, subscribe and share with a friend. You can also take the HR Like a Boss survey at willary.com forward slash H-R-L-A-B. I've embarked on a journey to get to know amazingly awesome HR and business professionals. These conversations create the foundation for my book on what it takes to do HR Like a Boss. On today's episode, I am joined by Dr. Jarek Conrad. Jarek leads the Human Insights and HCM Evangelism team at UKG Ultimate Kronos Group. He earned his bachelor's degree from the University of Illinois, has two master's degrees from Cornell University, and a doctor of education degree from the University of North Florida. Jarek also is the author of a best-selling book called The Fragile Mind, and will be publishing his next book, In Search of Humanity, later this year. Jarek, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here, John. Looking forward to the discussion. You got it. Well, I know uh, I, I creeped on you uh, after you had done an awesome presentation at a recent UKG uh, event uh, that you brought a unique perspective to uh, transformation of human resources. And I wanted to have you on the show to get some of that perspective. I know uh, there, there are some things we talked about before getting on the live show about uh, how this has been somewhat of a, a thing for HR for a while. But uh, unfortunately, I think we're at a time right now that if we don't transform and do things differently, that uh, the business world might take might take a hold of us. And uh, the other key point, which I, which I appreciate too, uh, Jarek, is the fact that your company is so focused on its people to the point that your purpose is people. And yeah. so I, I certainly value that. And I'd, I'd love to uh, let the show get to know you a little bit better, my, my followers and listeners. So for those of you that don't know you or haven't seen you on LinkedIn or speak, would you mind sharing a little bit more about yourself other than what I've already given a little intro on? Sure, sure. Um, uh, I, I, well, I've, I've been a, I call myself uh, one of those people who call themselves a recovering HR professional. And so I've been in and around HR for the last, I guess, 20 years or so, uh, either leading HR teams at large companies or, you know, nonprofits or cities. I ran HR for the city of Jacksonville uh, or uh, in my own solo consulting practice. I worked a lot with HR professionals um, and did a lot of executive coaching. So, so I've had a chance to, to be inside and outside of HR and now uh, working with UKG, obviously, uh, we provide products and services that try to help make HR's lives, lives a lot easier uh, and get them equipped uh, for all these changes that we see uh, occurring uh, just in society at large and uh, as it relates to, to businesses and HR specifically. So, uh, so I've been in and around this uh, for a long time, uh, but now is an exciting time um, because you mentioned that historically we've talked about, we've been threatening to change. You know, HR is going to change. It's going to shift to be more this or more that. And, you know, I've been hearing that for really, really the last 20 years and, um, and it hasn't happened. And you mentioned, unfortunately, it's to the point where it's going to, I say, fortunately, you know, it's to the point that uh, we are about to make some changes because I, I think HR people can add so much value uh, to organizations and the, the people in them. Yeah, no, I think there's some really interesting data in the presentation that you shared. And I think it uh, really speaks to the time is now, right? I know, and I, maybe I yeah. use that term, unfortunately or fortunately, whatever you want to look at it. I think, I think yeah. there's a tremendous opportunity in front of human resources to take advantage of this 
this unique place that they sit, which is between an employee, the business, the community that their, their organization is in and all that it impacts with their customers and stakeholders. And uh, I, th I think there were some really profound points that you made in that that really hit home on some of the components within the book. So I, I appreciate I appreciate your context and, and your knowledge on that. And I want to gleam a little bit of that for our for our, our listeners so that they can uh, take some of those nuggets and, and make change. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I truly believe that HR sits in a unique place. I think it always has. It's always had that potential. That's what drew me to HR. I started off studying engineering. Uh, I was an engineering student at the University of Illinois there on an engineering scholarship. And I didn't change my major until my junior year. And it was after a conversation with an HR person uh, at uh, McDonnell Douglas, which is now Boeing. Uh, but I just enjoy, I, I looked at what he was doing and what he was doing, son, so much more interesting than the stuff that I was training to do. And uh, he really encouraged me to go back and learn more about the, the function. And I did that. And that's why I ended up going to graduate school. So, um, so I've always thought that it sits in this really unique place. It, you know, it has an opportunity to touch all the stakeholders involved in an enterprise uh, in a really unique way. Um, so I, I, I've just been drawn to that. And um, it, we've done well in pockets. You know, there are amazing stories about some just incredible HR professionals that have really been trusted advisors to business leaders and uh, really uh, like trusted uh, coaches to, uh, to employees. I mean, I, you know, again, we have the opportunity to touch so many lives, but then we have the stories that don't turn out so well, uh, where we have this reputation for being just, you know, administrative and tactical and just focused on compliance. And, you know, I used to hear those stories way back then, 20 years ago, and um, I thought back then that they were a thing of the past. So uh, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you this quick story. This, this will give you, uh, set a little bit of a, a context. So uh, I, I, I left um, Cornell, I went into an HR management associate program with Citibank. So big company, you know, 100,000 employees all over the world and I'm hopping here and there. I had an international rotation where I'm, I'm living in Dublin, Ireland. And I'm like, I've made the right decision. We were making decisions that affect the whole company. Uh, like, this is a terrific, I'm having fun. And so I rolled out of that program. I graduated the management associate program, rolled into my first uh, assignment. And uh, I was down in, in Jacksonville, Florida at the, a more of an operations site. And this is not to disparage my friends in, in Jacksonville. I was there for 17 years. I had a great time there, but it hit me that what I've been studying and the kind of things we've been doing, that wasn't what the real world is. <laughs> when I got to that site and I would see the kind of activities that we might've been engaged in. I mean, we're, you know, it's performance management time. So I'm like, oh, this is terrific. We, you know, all this stuff I've learned about appraisal processes and teaching managers about rating biases and all these things. I mean, we get to go and train them on this and we get to talk about, you know, where things are working well. And hey, hey young man, hold on a second. We, we're not gonna do all that. What we're gonna do is we're gonna print out all the appraisals and we're gonna help stuff them in the envelopes because that's gonna help the directors, like the director in IT. I mean, he, he doesn't have to do all that. We'll do that for him. So he can just give the right pay. And I said, you have to be kidding me. This is, this is what we're gonna do. So 
Um, so I ended up doing that for, I mean, probably a little bit over a year or so. And I said, I got I to gotta do something different. Let me step out of HR and go into operations. Because I think every good HR person is really uh, important, I think, to have a stint outside of HR. And so I did that. And, and I had fun uh, running a, a, a team in a, in a business card, customer service environment, a lot of fun. But I knew I needed to get back to HR at some point. So I got that experience, got back to HR, but I ended up going with a different employer where I could, I felt like I could do a little bit more value added work than, um, than what I was expected to do. Again, nothing bad about Citibank, nothing bad about Jacksonville, Florida. I had a wonderful start to my career, but it really was a reality check. Yeah, no. Well, you know, honestly, as you shared that, there's stepping stones and everything in your life is iterative and it has a place and time that you had. And I, I take anything you know away from Jacksonville or large companies, small companies, all that's part of your journey. And and I, I appreciate you taking the time to share a little bit about that so we can kind of kick the show off on my my first and favorite question, because I'm, I'm a purpose driven guy, try to do the best I can make an impact on people's lives and do that within my firm. So I'm curious, how would you describe the purpose of human resources? Yeah, I guess it depends on uh, when you ask that question. I mean, because it's it's changed uh, because it's evolving now. I think what we see as our purpose today is going to be very different, I hope, in the not so distant future. So I think today, uh, people are thinking about like the employee experience, you know, how do we focus on the employee experience, getting all employees engaged, uh, making sure that the managers are connected with their employees so we can drive performance. I think in many ways, it's still about how do we drive performance for the organization. Uh, so in that way, it's almost like, even if you think about the term human resources, like these are some resources we can you know, we can we can take them, use them to our best advantage. When we don't need them anymore, we can throw them away. We can replace them. We, and so I think we're going to need to change some of this language around human resources as we move forward. But I think today, I think it, it it's still a lot about performance. And you might say, well, what's wrong with that? Well, I think it's got to be bigger than that. I think ultimately HR people are going to be able to really unlock human potential, not just in service of the business, but in service of themselves as well. And as you know, corporate responsibility starts to grow and people want to know what kind of, you know, how are you impacting what's going on outside of your walls? I think HR is going to be involved in that. We are in many ways the eyes and the ears of what's going on outside of a company's walls. I think that's going to be uh, something that uh, kind of extends the scope of what HR is all about and to really unlock human potential. But that means I have to know people. I got to know people at a, at a deeper level than I've ever known them before. So we got to be neuroscientists and psychologists to some degree, right? We got we to be people scientists. We got to start to understand, you know, what makes people tick and realize that, you know, our, you know, our practices and, you know, our initiatives, they can't be one size fits all. Uh, the more we start to understand people and the unique um, uh, competencies and traits and expectations and experiences they bring to the table. So unfortunately, the job is going to get harder because it's going to get more complex uh, in that way. It, it, there's there's going to be more nuances to it, but the reward is much greater. 
you know, for people who are drawn to that aspect of HR, I think we're going to be unleashed uh, to be able to, to delve in those things in, in ways that and we weren't before. You know, I think, you know, many C-suite executives used to laugh when we talked about things like empathy and, you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion. That stuff sounded soft, and um, we get laughed out of the room sometimes. Well, today, I think people are starting to realize there's a science behind that. You know, empathy is based in neuroscience, you know? So to the extent to, to which we can connect what we do to evidence-based evidence uh, kind of solutions and use data and science to make our case, I think we're gonna get the C-suite to buy in even more and we can make uh, even more profound impact. Hmm. How do you think we go about going through that transformation, right? You talked about a performance-based HR function, company performance-based to a, a, what, what you described, unlocking the human potential and its impact inside and outside the company. It's bigger than us. It's bigger than the company, the work that we're doing. So yeah. what, what challenges or, or barriers do you, do you anticipate that the HR function is gonna experience in going through that transformation? Well, I think that we need to collectively and individually look in the mirror. And we got to say, is this for us? Because there will still be aspects of HR that are operational. There still be aspects of HR that are, you know, compliance related. There still be tactical things that need to be done and they need to be done right. And I know we're automating as much of that as we can. I understand that but there's still gonna to need to be human beings in that process. Somebody's gotta manage the automation, somebody's gotta... So, so I think that we all are gonna to have to look at ourselves in the mirror and say, where, where do I wanna go? Do I wanna go the route of making sure our policies, our, our procedures, our, you know, they're, they're making sure that all the things that we have to do, that we're doing all that stuff right, with high quality, with high efficiency and all that kind of stuff. And then there's this other stuff that's kind of a very different skill set that deals with these, you know, these people scientists. And I'm not suggesting one is better than the other, you know? I'm suggesting that people might be geared toward one or the other. And if you are naturally curious about this kind of stuff and passionate about this kind of stuff, I don't want to hold you back by making you do the stuff over here. You know, we're not getting that from you if we're trying to get you to do both. So, so I think it starts with us, you know, as a function, looking ourselves in a mirror, how do we design this function that's best suited for this modern organization that we're in, that we're in. And I think as an individual, we gotta look in the mirror and say, okay, where do I fall out here uh, as it relates to what the, the evolving expectations of this role are? So we gotta be honest. I mean, we, we, we can't be, as an individual, we can't be all things to all people as an entity, we can be more things to more people. Yeah, no, you hit on a great point, which I know I, I reference in the in the manuscript that I'm drafting is is around the fact that HR is not for everybody. And you it may be right. you may be sitting listening to this show right now, being like, maybe this isn't for me. That's right. And, and honestly, that's okay. That's okay, that's right? right? We, we can help you find another path that's more of a line to what you want to do. And I think looking in the mirror is a critically important thing to do because it's going to take time, energy, love, hustle, hard work, ownership, a lot of things, blood, sweat, and tears to make that transformation. But when you do, oh, that impact is tremendous, which, which leads me to my next question of 
there's a lot there, right? There's a lot there that we have to do in the field of human resources. If you could pinpoint one thing to start focusing your time on, right? One thing to focus your time on to, to make that transformation, to make that impact on the employees, on the organization, on the community, what would you suggest that to be? I'd say start to understand the human brain. Uh, focus on things like emotional intelligence. Uh, focus on um, you know, the aspects of our brain. Understand like why we're wired the way we're wired. Uh, I'll give you a, what I think is a, is a perfect example. So there's so much talk now about diversity, equity, and inclusion and belonging. Given you know, what we saw in the streets in America in 2020, um, there's so much discussion about what do we need to do. And a lot of the discussion is around emotion. And a lot of the, the intervention has been around, you know, how do we, let's hold hands and sing Kumbaya and just create a place where everybody's included and we can all hug and just be a wonderful place. We gotta be done with that. <laughs> we gotta start to understand what makes people tick. And if I can start to understand what makes them tick, I might be able to get at the root cause or the root causes of some of the issues, some of the conflicts that we have across cultures, across race, across gender, across whatever those differences are. So the more I hone into the human brain, I can, talk, I can start to anticipate some traps that we can fall in. And that absolutely will inform what I'm trying to design as an intervention to move us forward. And so if there were one thing that I would suggest, it is take some time to invest in, go get certified in emotional intelligence. Um, start to learn um, uh, you know, how, how biases work in the brain. Start to learn about simple logic traps like confirmation bias. What is it? Where does it come from? You know, how do you avoid it? Uh, start to learn the halo horn effect and how, to, how does that happen? Uh, start to learn anchoring bias. What does that mean? How does that work? How does that show up when I'm dealing with the conflicts on a day-to-day -day basis? So there, there are a whole list of logic traps that we deal with this stuff all the time. As HR professionals, we're brought into, into these mini crises, uh, but we don't necessarily have the tools to, to deal with them. Uh, and what I'm trying to do is avoid them in the first place. I'm trying to, to catch it when it's a, you know, a little bit of smoke and a small fire be, before it becomes a blaze. So, so that's where I would focus uh, my time. Yeah, no, that's profound. I really appreciate that. I mentioned this earlier on a show that I'm reading a book called Permission to Feel by Mark Brackett. I don't know if you've seen it or read it. Uh, he uh, talks about I, being I, an emotion I'm scientist. familiar with Mark, though. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know, I know you're well, well versed and studied in this. And the thing that really comes to me in, in my um, evolution in this is just education and learning, right? It's, it's so important for you. You mentioned, you know, a lot of technical terms there that I think were really important. And uh, I think just you becoming better educated so that when you go into a situation, you can have a better understanding of it and understand how your brain is working and what your emotions and things that you're feeling. So uh, you you hit on a great point that I I mean we could probably talk about this for another hour, uh, but the show's only supposed to be thirty minutes. 
but uh, I, I, pre I know you I know you want to say something, so I'm going to get out of your way here. A couple of things. I was searching real quick, but I think I got an email. Um, I think I think Mark is in a consortium of the um, emotional intelligence and organizations. And uh, when people are doing new books and their research, we get emails. I think I got an email from Mark Brackett. So um, uh, the fact that you mentioned that name is uh, is important. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's not, again, we could talk about this forever, but but man, it's exciting. You mentioned some people are going to look at this and say, hey, it's not for me. That what I wanted to say about that is, in some ways, we've we've kind of treated people unfairly. Some people in HR, they never they never wanted to be in HR, right? We kind of put them there. We thought they were good people, you know, folks. And um, it's a little bit of a bait and switch. If we promise them this one you know, this is what you will be doing. And they come in and all of a sudden we're asking them to do all this other stuff that they, nece they didn't necessarily sign up for. So it's a little bit of a bait and switch if we're gonna change the function. So I, so I do realize that, that this is not where some people want it to be, it's where they ended up. Um, uh, and we gotta figure out who the right people is to, to move with, who the right people are to move us forward. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And uh, Mark's done great work, uh, Dr. Brackett, uh, and just the, the work he's doing. I think he heads up the uh, EQ school at Yale University. So yeah. I think there's a, some really cool things going on. And I, and, and your yeah. understanding of the human brain, right? That's next level stuff, right? That, that is, and to me, that's the dynamic of human resources that makes the job so hard, but so rewarding at the same time is that we're dealing with human beings and they can in a second change their mind, even though you weren't expecting her to, or if the prediction said they weren't, they changed their mind. They gave their resignation or they ended up going from a, you know, half a million dollar year salesperson to a million and a half. Like things can just happen that you don't expect because it's people. That's right. That's right. Yeah. We got to be able to, to adjust and we got to understand that. And, um, you know, again, if we make this shift that it's not just about performance, but it's, but if it's about helping people to thrive, we're going to lose some people. Right. You know, some people are going to tap into some magic that they have that we just can't contain them, you know. Um, but for every person that we lose, hopefully they go and they tell their story about getting their start with us and us creating the environment that allowed them to, to thrive and flourish. So hopefully there are five more behind them that say, I want what she has. You know, I want to do that. And so we can't, you know, sometimes sometimes that happens. Um, but they're going to be the, the, you know, the best people out there marketing for your organization if, um, if that happens. Yeah, and you, and you bring me to a critical point, which I know we talked about the purpose at UKG. Uh, if, you, if you have a purpose-driven business, right, and you, you end up doing that in the right way and, and, and people, your customers and your employees can see the impact you're having on the community, think about the attraction that would be to human resources as, as opposed to really being focused on compliance and hiring and firing, right? It's like, it's a, it's bigger than that, which is sometimes hard for them to see. And I know that was a, a great uh, couple points within your presentation, but uh, I want to be mindful of your time because I know you're a super busy guy and I want to, I want to make sure that we, uh, we get you out of here on a, a couple final questions. One, I'll take you back just a few short years to when you uh, started your professional career. Uh, if you could give yourself some advice back then, knowing what you know now, what would that be? Well, you're being kind when you say a few short years, so I appreciate that. Um, I, I, uh, maybe it's uh, be, be a little bit more patient, um, especially early on in my career. 
you know, I, I, I wasn't as patient, you know, I, you know, again, I'm, I'm, you know, I've read all this stuff. I understand all this stuff. I'm ready to implement this stuff. And, and I maybe not, I, I don't know that early on in my career, I was able to bring people along uh, to the degree that I hope I am now, right? I, it doesn't matter where I'm trying to go. If I can't bring anybody along with me, then, you know, what is it? What, 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 what how are we going to get there? Right. So I, I would say just a little bit more patience, still having that same drive and still um, uh, being a little bit stubborn. I think a little bit stubborn, a little bit of stubbornness is good, but maybe a little bit more patience than I had. I got you. Yeah, no, I hear you. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> a little bit of defiance, a little bit of stubbornness. I think that's yeah. good. I'm always questioning the status quo. I think, I think exactly. that's a wonderful attribute to have, but uh uh, my dad, my dad used to always say, "Patience is a virtue, and a virtue I don't have." <laughs> <laughs> right, so, right. So I try my what best. I've been gaining. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll get you out here on this. The book, the book is uh, in in process. Hopefully, it'll be uh, coming around the same time you release your book. So uh, hopefully, we'll we can do a two for one on, on the on the folks that are listening. But uh, uh, last question is uh, the book is HR like a boss. So how would you describe someone that does HR like a boss? Uh, I'd say number one, they're authentic, uh, that they um, and that they are um, they're authentic, they're caring, and that they get the big picture. You know, if you're gonna be the boss, you got to get the big picture. You know, you got to understand. You know how all these pieces kind of work together and let us move it toward something and that that is a piece that i think has gotten missing missing because we get you know we get flooded with stuff and our desks get filled up and we don't get to step back and think about the big picture so so that's one essential element i think of doing hr like a boss yeah no purpose driven it's a commitment to it and i think that's an awesome point to end on I really appreciate you being on the show. It was uh, profound and insightful, and uh, you're going to make me want to go study the human brain even more than I have, which could be dangerous because, oh my gosh, uh, it could be dangerous, right? What you find out. Yeah, yeah. Be be careful what you find out because you can't you can't turn it off. This is one thing for people. Once folks delve into this and you start learning enough to be dangerous, you can't turn it off. You notice things that you would not notice otherwise, and and it's uh, I mean it's fun. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, quick recap on a few points that uh, Jarek had made that I want to make sure that uh, we can we can share with the team and, and, and those listening in on the HR Like a Boss family here. And, and I appreciate everyone uh, listening in. So first off, you talked about uh, HR being advisors, the leaders and coaches to employees and, and, the, and unlocking the human potential and its impact not only on the inside of the company, but more importantly, on the outside of the company, making it bigger than what it is, seeing, seeing that viewpoint. And if that's not for you to look in the mirror and, and, and really examine that. And uh, we, we did joke a little bit about understanding the human brain more than more than you can. So you can you can be more prepared for the circumstances that come. And you made a comment that really hit home to me. Uh, it doesn't matter where I'm going if I can't bring someone along. Right. And if, if that that journey by yourself would be would be a sad, sad one, one that I think that uh, maybe you, you, you couldn't you couldn't take advantage of the great opportunity you have of being authentic and caring. Uh, as a great HR professional. So I really appreciate you being on the show. This is fun. Well, no problem. Thank you for having me and good luck with the book. Thank you for checking out the HR Like a Boss podcast. If it resonates with you, please consider leaving a rating and review and better yet, subscribe and share with a friend. 
Until next time, let's continue to aspire to do amazingly awesome HR.